This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Taking you up to 6.30 tonight. We're Grant and Danny. You are listening to The Fan. Remember, we're giving away D.C. Defenders tickets at 4 o'clock all week long. So tomorrow at 4, your next chance to win a four-pack of tickets. It's a hot commodity this week. XFL and D.C. Defenders coming back to Audi Field on Sunday for their opener. Six days away. Without further ado, though, let's get to the BetQL guest hotline. Sports betting's come to Maryland. Don't place that first bet without checking with BetQL. They analyze every game, find you the most profitable betting opportunities, Get three free days of BetQL access by downloading the BetQL app. Visit BetQL.com. Our guy, Jay Gruden, I believe his final appearance of the season here after the Super Bowl, with us for his weekly Monday appointment. Lloyd Christmas style, Jay. I hate goodbyes, man. This will be tough. Devastating. Devastating news. (laughs) What are you going to do with your Mondays at 5 p.m. now? Relax. Enjoy your life. Yeah, probably. I'll I'll come on whenever you guys want. If you guys are bored and need some... uh, you know, some levity or something like that. Give me a call. I'm around. All right, we'll give you a ring. Take you up on that. Yeah, we will. We'll uh, we'll try to make it when something important's happening. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll definitely hit you up and talk ball. Uh, l- all right, let's start with the uh, the spread at your Super Bowl party yesterday. What were we working with food wise? How did it work out? Well, it went out. It went good. We went to a charity event. There were about 800 people in a hangar, airport hangar. They had all kinds of food out there. But we only stayed there until about 5:45, 6 o'clock, um, and then came back to a sports bar close to my house, and then uh, came back and watched the second half here. So, had some pizza, had some uh, chicken wings, had some uh, chicken tenders. That's about it. That's not a bad day's not work. Too shabby. Sounds like you missed Rihanna though. If you were driving during that 29-minute halftime. No, no, I wasn't driving. I, I, we got, I got back to the sports bar before kickoff. I just went there for pregame for the for the airport hangar. Um, you know, donated something, and then uh, came back here, went to the sports bar, and was here at second half. Saw Rihanna at halftime. All right, so you you got, got everything you experience. needed. Out Love of it. it. Look at Jay. All right, before yeah. we talk football, I'm actually going to see who he thinks had the best plate from our draft last week. You ready? Go for it. All right, so we did a food draft. You know, on this show, all we talk about other than football is food. So we did yep. a, f- a four team draft. Snake draft style, right? And we all picked uh, foods for their Super Bowl party. You could only eat what's on your plate. So I want you to, to pick a plate that you like the most. Buffalo chicken dip, pizza, egg rolls, and pita crisps. Okay? Chicken dip, yep. pizza, egg rolls, pita crisps. Then you got meatballs, tortilla chips and salsa, French... Fr- what? The second one. Already won. Already? The meatballs and tortilla chips, I'm already in favor of that one. What else is on that one? Uh, French fries and gumbo. Oh, yeah. B for sure. Okay. Love then it. we got chicken wings, potatoes. I didn't know there was a C. There's four, yeah, there's four there's options four of us. here. Okay, sorry. I, I jumped the gun. You B can did. just say B, though. It's fine. Chicken wings, potato skins, pork sliders, and crab dip. 
And then the last one is pigs in a blanket, buffalo chicken sliders, nachos, and chocolate chip cookies. Oh, I'm still going to go B, but D was pretty good as well. All right. The chocolate chip cookie, the dessert, nobody else had the dessert. So I think uh, I'm going to go B1, D2, C3, A4. Well, the only thing that you have in common with Fred Smoot, who was our judge on Friday when we did this, is that you both put Darius's plate dead last. Uh, with the pita crisps and the <laughs> egg rolls. So Fred Smoot was our judge, Jay, and I pandered to him and I put gumbo as like my fourth Super Bowl option. It's not like a normal Super Bowl food for me, but I was like, I, listen, the, he's going to judge this thing, so I absolutely threw myself at the mercy of the court right there with gumbo. Right. I think gumbo is not a bad change-up. You know, I, I like gumbo. It's a good call. I like I like B, though. I feel good about myself. I'll take it. Uh, to the game itself, I... It's recency effect. Which one was Grant's? I, I was chicken wings and uh, potato skins. I was C. Yeah, that's that's a good one too. The, the top two were very good. I didn't like the bottom two. Okay, we'll take it. <laughs> well, hey, well, everyone's got to do better next year. Well, you know? we'll, we're we'll look at the film. Yeah, we're gonna watch the film. We're gonna come back to the drawing board. So at at the risk, of, and Jay Grudes with us here on Grant and Danny. Um, the game itself, Jay. I'm, I'm sure it's recency effect. But I feel like that's one of the most entertaining Super Bowls, uh, certainly of my lifetime. I I had a great time watching two teams at the highest level, kind of going back and forth. Just, what were your thoughts? Yeah, I think anytime there's offensive plays like that, uh, it's more fun to watch for the fans who don't necessarily watch football all the time. You know, for typical football fans, old school guys, they probably would have liked to see a little more defense, more sacks, more hits on the quarterback, more physical play by the defense, but... I think uh, for the most part, people want to see scoring. They want to see offense. They want to see big plays, great plays, fun plays, and, and that had them all. What did you think of the holding call on Bradbury against Juju with a minute 54 to go? You know what? I'm not a, I'm not a fan of the call when it was, but you have to call it where the referee was. It looked like his hands got around him twice. You know, the initial when he first came out of the break, uh, he grabbed him a little bit, and then when he tried to spin back up the field, it looked like he had his hand on him and he slung himself the, the old slingshot technique where he put his arm around his side and, and slung shot himself uh, to the back corner of the end zone. I think uh, from where the referee was, I think he had to make that call. So it's interesting. You, you said you weren't a fan maybe of when they called it. My logic is it was a penalty. You got to yeah, throw the flag. I agree. I agree. You got to throw the flag. You just, you just hate to see a game end. Totally. Uh, you know, that magnitude or any game for that matter. These guys lay it on the line for 59 minutes and then you have a game that ends on a referee flag. You just hate to see it, but you know, that's part of the game. And the rules are you can't grab the defender. You can't, you can't uh, um, alter his change of direction. And he did that. Bradbury did that. He didn't have to. He was in great position. Jay, that Eagles pass rush, which was just so incredible all season long, zero sacks in this game. I, I think that, to me, is the story of how Kansas City was able to not only move the football, score points. I mean, I know there were a couple that got a defensive touchdown and then points off of that really long punt return. But for the most part, no negative plays against that Eagles defense, which are so good at rushing the passer all year, I think is the story of the game. How did they do it? And 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 is, is there any kind of way that you know other teams could say, hey, maybe that's our blueprint going forward? Yeah, I agree. I think that was a story of the game. They didn't get any pressure at all, and I think – you know, the edge rushers, I, I, I believe it was the field. Uh, the, the shoes, they couldn't get the shoes right. Um, Son Reddick was on the ground multiple times. He couldn't get up the field and, and dig his feet in the ground and turn the corner effectively. Fletcher Cox had trouble in the middle. But I think the interior of the guard, the, two set, the two center and two guards did extremely well in the interior, which allowed Patrick Mahomes to step up uh, from the edge and, uh, and abort inside uh, the pocket. 
um, and push up inside. You know, I was surprised Fletcher Cox had less that little of an impact. And I didn't even hear Brandon Graham's name called. So uh, they did a great job. Hats off to them. But it did look like the field was an issue for the pass rushers on both sides. Yeah, what do you make of that? I mean, they supposedly spent one million bucks on that grass and getting everything secured leading up to the game as a, as a league for such a big stage to have so many guys slipping and sliding just didn't feel right. I mean, do you remember examples of, of really bad footing in games that were clearly affected when guys were coming up and telling you, hey, there's nothing I can do? And like, What should have been done? Yeah, I don't know what should have been done, um, but I, I know it was an issue because when you're talking about players changing shoes two or three times, it's an issue. And you saw running backs fall down, receivers fall down, uh, the kicker slipped and fell. Son Reddick, I mentioned, it was on the ground three or four times. Um, so I don't know what you can do. We just got to, I don't know, it's a new grass. I'm not a very, I'm not a superintendent on the golf course. I don't know anything about grass, but I know that was crappy grass. What about Jalen Hurts' performance? I mean, that fumble is going to stand out, the defensive touchdown, but I, I thought other than that, he was incredible. I mean, the numbers speak for themselves, but what'd you make of him? Yeah, he was great. You know, the one fumble you mentioned was, was, was tough and just slipped out of his hands, but I think he showed everybody why he was running for the MVP. You know, if he didn't get hurt, he would have, you know, have been talked about it. He was the best quarterback in the NFC by far, and I think he proved that. I mean, he was throwing the ball extremely well. He's running the ball, three touchdowns, a two-point conversion, uh, some of the quarterback design runs. He's tough to deal with now. I mean, um, he was throwing the ball well at the tight end. A.J. Brown got involved. Devontae got involved. So um, when he's playing at that level, throwing the football, and he can run the ball the way he does with the design runs, Philadelphia's going to be around for a long time and be tough to beat. Yeah, there was so much made over the last week or two about Hurts and how quickly he arrived and how trustworthy it would be for him to have a big game on that stage. I mean, PFF had their highest passing grade on him of any quarterback in the history of the league in the Super Bowl. I I just thought it was a masterpiece. I mean, throwing for three bills, running for 70, four all-purpose touchdowns. It's unfortunate that he had the the fumble that went for a touchdown because that's a big blemish. But otherwise, I, I thought that was one of the most impressive individual performances in the Super Bowl I've ever seen. Yeah, I agree. It was it was incredible, and it was a great game for both quarterbacks. And you know, Patrick Mahomes proved why he was the reigning, why he's the MVP, and why he's uh, so darn good. I mean, tough, phys- physically tough, mentally tough, great competitor. Uh, Jalen Hurts is right up there in that category with him right now. I mean, two incredible performances by those guys, and uh, unfortunately, one of them had to lose. Eagles O-line in this one. I mean, I know Kansas City did end up with a couple of sacks, but that group is so, so good. I, I just I – don't, I don't really have a great question about it, Jay. I just kind of marvel at, at their excellence at this point. Just really that whole team and how good that roster is. But I thought the Eagles offensive line was great. Yeah, they, they were great. I mean, both offensive lines were great. I think that's the story of the game. That's why it's 38-35. There yeah. weren't a lot of stops. It was like an old-school arena football game. I mean, it's whoever gets the ball last wins. And, uh, it, you know, it, it was – Offense, if you like offense, that's the game you want to watch. You saw physical offensive line play. Both teams were able to run the ball between the tackles and get outside. The passing games were effective. Uh, there were some good trick plays, some creative plays called by the coaches. It was a fun game to watch. Jay Gruden on Grant and Danny here on the fan. Eric Bieniemy has gotten interviewed by more teams in the NFL than he hasn't now, over half of the league. He has been the OC, not the play caller or designer by himself, obviously, I mean, Andy Reid is the most heavily involved offensive mind in Kansas City, but he still hasn't gotten a look as a head coach. And you could say, well, he's got to go be a play caller somewhere else. But Matt Nagy got a job without calling plays. And Doug Peterson got a job in the same role without calling plays. 
What do you think gives where Bienemy's now talking to teams this week like Baltimore and Washington to try to maybe go laterally away from Reed and Mahomes to try to get more credit so he can actually get a job? Yeah, I don't know. I think uh, these owners uh, and GMs, they interview these guys to be candidates for their football team, and they have uh, something in mind what they're looking for. And obviously, it hasn't been Eric for some reason. Maybe it's uh, who, who, who he wants to be a GM with them. Like Leftwich wanted to bring a GM with him uh, when he interviewed for the Jaguars job. Maybe he had something to do with that. I do not know. It doesn't make any sense because you're right. There has been other coaches from uh, Andy Reid's staff that have gone on and done some good things and uh, not so good things, but you'd think Eric would get a good shot. Going laterally doesn't make any sense to me if I'm Eric Bieniemy because if Andy Reid retires, you would think it'd be Eric's job. Um, and then coming here at Washington, there's not a lot of security. You got a new owner, you got a young quarterback, uh, you don't know who the quarterback is. Um, a lot of issues there. Then obviously Baltimore with Lamar situation. Um, those are some tough, tough deals. Or you can go back and coach Patrick Mahomes again and be a Super Bowl contender right off the bat. Jay, from Kansas City's perspective, they I think they obviously well, I want to say they obviously they did. They found something that they could do to Philadelphia. They scored twice on that kind of fake motion burst out into the flat. You know, first Kadarius Tony, then later I think it was Sky Moore had that touchdown. Love for your perspective as a coach that finds those kinds of things, right, and is able to then expose them and bring them out at just the right time uh, in a game. What do you think they saw from Philadelphia there? And and you know, when did you know that? What, what do you think they knew was the perfect time to break them out? Well, I think the first one to Tony was uh, was a RPO, and if they didn't get the look they wanted, he would just handed the ball off. But what Philadelphia was trying to do is they're trying to take Darius Slay with that jet, jet sweep motion transfer or kick it all the way over and have the guy running back and be the safety and the safety going down and taking a jet sweep motion so they could stop the jet sweep. Uh, when you rotate like that and Tony sticks his foot in the ground and comes back, there's nobody there. And uh, had, had they been in a normal zone cover two look, I'm sure Patrick Mahomes would have just handed the ball off. That's a great design. Um, a lot of teams handle jet sweeps differently. Some people run with it. Some people kick everybody over. Some people try to rotate the whole defense. It gives people a lot of problems. You see a lot of teams running jet sweep motions and have plays designed off of the jet sweep motions, and Philadelphia just hit the home run on, on both of them. How's Travis Kelsey always get open when everyone knows he's getting the ball? Well, he's the best tight end in football for sure. He, he can beat you man-to-man. He, he's uh, in and out of his cuts. He's effortless. He doesn't give any indicators whatsoever. He's got a huge hands and a big target. Um, he can run every kind of route you want, seam routes, out routes, in routes, option routes, hook routes. Uh, out and ups that he scored on. I mean, he, he's just a great weapon and uh, reads zones extremely well. He has a great feel for football. His natural football in- intelligence is off the chisel. He's a good run blocker as well. So um, the best all-around tight end, uh, you know, Gronk was one of them for a while, but Kelsey by far is his heads and shoulders above everybody else at the tight end position for his ability to do everything. For a game that featured great offense, as, as you alluded to, as a, as a great offensive mind in your own right, what was, what was a play call that made you go, damn, that was a good call? Yeah, the one to Tony. I mean, that's a that great one, yeah. play. Yeah, I think for sure. I mean, to be able to have that RPO built in where, hey, if we don't get the exact look we want, let's just hand it off between the tackles and we're running the ball effectively. But if we do get the look, there's a chance for walking. Anytime you see walk-in touchdowns, it's fun to see those things. And I know Philadelphia's pretty upset at their defense coordinator probably in their execution, but to have two of them in the same game is impressive to go along with a quarterback that can create when plays aren't there. So if you're a defensive coordinator, you're like, I covered a play. I got it covered. I got it covered. Oh, no. Mahomes escapes, and he throws a 30-yard dart. You know what I mean? Then all of a sudden you have one or two screw-ups, and they take advantage of it uh, every time. So 
just hard to defend a guy like Mahomes and Andy Reid. Jay Gruden here on Grant and Danny on the fan. Patrick Mahomes as an underdog 10 times is all he's ever been. An underdog in his career is 8-1-1 now uh, with the Chiefs against the spread. You know, you look at uh, the fact that he's six times in the playoffs, been behind by 10 points, and the Chiefs have come back to win four of those six games. I mean, they're 14-10 and 10 overall when they're down 10 points with Mahomes. 14-10. and 10. No other quarterback has a winning percentage better than 33%. When down 10 points in their career, and Mahomes is sitting at 14 and 10 at 27 years old, five years as a starter, five division titles, already a couple of championships and, and a couple MVP awards. What are we watching right now in terms of greatness from Patrick Mahomes? Well, I think your eyes don't lie. What you see, anybody who knows anything about football understands that this guy has all the tools that you want a quarterback to have. He's smart. He's tough. He can make any kind of throw that you want, deep, short, uh, off balance, running to his left, running to his right, running to his left, throwing to his right, running to his right, throwing to his left, stepping up in the pocket, jump passes. I've never seen a quarterback make so many different arm-angled throws in the course of a game than Patrick Mahomes, and he's accurate with them. And now what his problem was coming out was his decision-making would get him in trouble. So he's not making any bad decisions. So now he's making great decisions. He's escaping trouble. He's throwing on the run. Um, he's getting the team into the great play, and he's almost impossible to stop. And he has a 25-yard run yesterday with almost a broken ankle. So I, I don't know how you stop the guy. Speaking of impossible to stop, that Eagles quarterback sneak where they just have yeah. players push Jalen Hurts forward, I can't stand that. Grant doesn't mind that as much. It, I, I remember when the rule used to be different, when you couldn't aid the ball carrier. Where does Jay Gruden stand on that? Yeah, I think they're probably going to look at that in the offseason and maybe change that. Um, I think it could be a health issue. Uh, you know, they're trying to protect players, and, and that's tough for a defensive lineman, for a nose guard to stick his head down and just bury his head down, have Jason Kelsey and the guard, and both guards just come down and bury you with like 900 pounds of weight and then have two guys pushing the quarterback and a quarterback to squat 600 pounds lunging at you. I don't know what you do. I really don't. It's a, it's It's – an unfair advantage, but, you know, uh, if you have a guy like that that can do it, um, they're going to continue to do it if they don't change the rule. I just, to clarify, though, do you think they should change the rule or no? I'm not a big fan of pushing people in the back. You know what I mean? Uh, I do think they should go back to maybe not being able to impede, uh, especially the quarterback. Now, the running back, when he's breaking through tackles and all that stuff, and he's five-yard line, four-yard line, and they get some push from everybody. That's like a rugby scrum. That's a little bit different. But to line up directly behind the quarterback, I think it's dangerous for the quarterback, too, sometimes. I mean, you could get twisted up in a pretzel underneath those piles, and then you could hurt your quarterback as well. But Jalen's so strong. Uh, Josh Allen is so strong. Those guys won't have a problem. Almost impossible to get a yard. But I would look into getting rid of that quarterback sneak formation if I was the NFL. One more about Kansas City, Jay, what's on my mind, and we've got you. I was dead wrong about this, by the way. I thought them losing Tyreek Hill, I, death blows too strong because they still got Pat Mahomes and, and Andy Reid and and, and uh, you know good offensive line and Travis Kelsey and company. But I thought it would really hurt them, especially in games like yesterday where you don't have that easy button. You know, like you take Desha- uh, Deshaun Jackson in his prime off of your lineup, but all of a sudden it's harder to get down the field and defenses can kind of cheat up a little bit more. How did they overcome that and still thrive and be that good of an offense? Uh, Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes, they're special people at their position. Uh, two of the best that ever play the position they have on their off roster. That's hard to deal with. A tight end of Travis Kelsey's uh, talent. I already mentioned that before. And obviously Patrick Mahomes. Receivers, um, you know, 
get them in bunch formations, stack them, and you do your jet sweep stuff, you can still have some effectiveness with your receiver. The receivers aren't terrible. Juju Schuster isn't bad. He's a big kid with a good you know, catch radius. Uh, Tony's come in and made some splash plays for him. They've had other guys throughout the course of the year that made some plays, but the big weapon is Kelsey, their ability to run the RPOs, and obviously Patrick Mahomes escaping problem and making bad plays good and making terrible plays good and making good plays great. Jay Gruden here on The Fan. Uh, all right, last one I've got for you, and we're going to talk about this and take some calls on this next, so I, I just want to get your insight on this. It feels like recency effect, what I'm about to say, but I, I was kind of making a list last night. I thought it was a great game, thoroughly enjoyed it circuit to circuit of my favorite Super Bowls. And based on my age, I'm old enough to have seen like 27 or 28 Super Bowls now. And this was number one for me of the of the really entertaining kind of all game long, I was glued to the screen, Super Bowls. Feels like recency effect. I don't know if you'd say that's crazy or not, but was this one of the better that you've seen? Yeah, I think it was. I really, top to bottom, when you talk about the skill of both teams, uh, the big players making big plays, you know, the – the guys who you expected to make plays made plays. Both quarterbacks on both teams. Travis Kelsey made some big plays. A.J. Brown made some plays. Devontae made a couple plays. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco made some plays. All the guys you kind of wanted to see make plays made the plays. And uh, it was just fun to watch. I was just surprised that Philadelphia's defense didn't make anything happen. Jay, thank you for today, and thank you for all season, Franklin, man. It's been a pleasure having you on. You got it. Anytime, fellas. Thank you. There's Jay Thanks, Gruden, who's with us every Monday at 5 o'clock here on Grant and Danny throughout the season talking offense. And it's just good to have someone who's called plays, who's been in meeting rooms as a coordinator, as a head coach, you know, breaking down what we saw yesterday. Next, let's get into where this Super Bowl ranks among some of your favorites. Is it fair to put this in the conversation as one of the best Super Bowls ever? We're Grant and Danny on The Fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 